Hello, this is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Catholic Baltimore is a weekly radio program hosted by the Archdiocese of Baltimore, airing each Sunday following the broadcast of the Radio Mass of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic radio partners for sharing with us some of the content in this program and for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to the Archdiocese of Baltimore every Sunday. This is Chris Gunty of the Catholic Review. With us today is Patrick Walsh, creator and executive producer of a new TV show, Living Biblically, which features J.R. Ferguson as Chip, a man who decides to live his life strictly according to the Bible. After his best friend dies and he finds out his wife is pregnant, the show premiered February 26th. The show is based on the book The Year of Living Biblically by A.J. Jacobs. Welcome to the show, Patrick. Can you give us a quick rundown of the premise of the show? Sure. I mean, that, that was essentially it, um, what you just said. Sorry to steal your thunder there. No, no, that's fine. Um, yeah, beyond that, um, you know, he is struggling, of course, to live by the Bible, and that's where a lot of the comedy comes from, bringing the Bible into a modern day. But through his God Squad, which is a uh, Catholic priest, Father Gene, played by Ian Gomez, and a Jewish rabbi, Rabbi Gill, played by David Krumholtz, they advise him, they answer his questions, they help him, and they show him, um, basically, in some cases, you will not be able to live 100% by the Bible in a modern day. And to look at it more as, you know, What's what's behind it? They they help him modernize it. Um, he has trouble with false idols in the second episode. What does that concept mean? And they point out to him that his false idol is his iPhone. You're, mm-hmm. you're obsessed with your phone. It's, it's taking you from your relationships with God, your relationships with your your wife, your relationship with your friends, etc. And he destroys his iPhone in the second episode. He's, yeah, that's uh, a little drastic. Hundred percent. Yes, yes. It's you know it's it's played for comedic extremes, of course, but. Um, that's the show, week in, week out. We focus on a different verse and do our best to explore it from all angles and make it palatable to a, uh, a modern-day audience. Well, you also produce Two Broke Girls, which doesn't have any connection to faith, and Johnny Galecki, nope. another one of the executive producers, comes from Big Bang Theory, which kind of idolizes science. Why did you guys to do a show about somebody living according to the Bible? Well, Johnny... Uh, always wanted to do a comedy about religion, and his company had the rights. And a lot of sitcoms follow, you know, the same kind of patterns. People, young people dating or whatever it may be. You've seen it all before. Um, so I was really excited about about this, and and when I read the book, I loved it, and I saw a way to do it as a show. But of course, there was a concern as well because so many people do not want to laugh about religion. They, uh, just the idea that a comedy about the Bible exists is, is upsetting. So I think a big part of counteracting that was just approaching this with a very open heart. You know, I, I, I was raised strictly Catholic and felt I knew enough about it. We had a priest and a rabbi advise us on the scripts, uh, a real-life priest and rabbi who helped us out and kept us largely uh, accurate. And little by little, the fear went away. I mean, we were we were approaching this stuff from a very positive point of view. We were never mocking religion. We were never mocking those who are religious. And the audiences loved it. We we brought in church groups. We brought in non-religious people. And you know, I think people got a lot out of the show. I, um, it's it's a very positive look at religion. 
But um, it's it's a very respectful and I think interesting show that that people who practice religion and those who don't would, would enjoy equally. So yeah, it was great to see the God Squad that he pulled together a, a priest and a rabbi to help him out. Uh, at one point, the rabbi is quoting Thomas Aquinas, who is one of the great saints and doctors of the church. I know this is a comedy and not a catechism, but how do you make sure that the theology is is accurate? Well, that was important to me as well. This is it's not a topic that people uh, you know like a lot of playing around with the details, you know. So I, I knew the basics, of course, from. Uh, being raised in the church, and also I went to PSR, which is Missouri's uh, public school religion. If you if you don't go to Catholic school, it's three hours a week of, of religious lessons, etc. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that came back to me, but I, I wanted experts. So we put together a, a very diverse staff uh, from all religions, all religious backgrounds. But the biggest help was a, a real-life priest and a rabbi here in Los Angeles that helped us out and kept us largely accurate, not just on the the specifics of the Bible, but on, you know, the day-to-day life of a priest and a rabbi, which we were kind of guessing at until they talked to us. Hmm. So they would come in just for lunch, and they would lead to these, you know, three-hour great conversations. They were so funny together, and they had never met. They were just, they hit it off really well, and we asked them, you know, if somebody came to you with the dilemmas that Chip, our lead character, uh, comes to his priest and rabbi with, what would you say to him? And we got a lot of great dialogue and, and ideas from them. And then they read every draft of the script. So they would say, hey, I think this verse here might say what you want to say a little better. Or they would say, I don't think a priest would make this joke or, or you know, things like that as well. Mm-hmm. So they were a huge help. I, you know, it's, it's never going to please everybody. It is still a comedy and it takes the occasional liberty. But broadly, it's a, it's a pretty accurate show. From the episodes I've seen, I like the relationship between Father Gene and and Rabbi Gill, and it sounds to me like you're getting some of that same flavor from the actual consultants you're using to help you with this, right? Yes, the characters weren't based on those guys, but um, once once we started talking to them and hanging out with them, we definitely felt more comfortable just leaning into these guys being you know, genuinely funny people. You know, people when we tested the show would say, you know, these guys are joking around for a lot for a priest. And, you know, we would say, look, that, that was our experience. These, these yeah. guys um, were so much fun to hang out with. And if we get a little of that into the show, too, that would be great. You know, I, people really loved Father Gene when we tested it because he wasn't so judgmental. A lot of people said I would go to church a lot more if my priest was more like this. But, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, painting these, these men of faith as, as just like you and me. And, um you know, of course, they're they're owed a certain respect, but Chip is just kind of coming to them with problem after problem, and these guys are devoting their time to helping him. I think because they get a kick out of him, a, but b, they really love that this is a guy who's walking the walk. He's committed to this a hundred percent, even against their advice, and um, I think they really just enjoy being around somebody who's like that on fire for religion. What would you say to the people who might say after they you know view an episode or two, oh, this is treating religion and faith just it's way too flippant? Well, I mean, I I can I can see that point. It is at the end of the day a twenty minute sitcom, but and it has to you know check those beats and get laughs sure. as well while t- while telling these stories. But I think if you stick with the show, I, I can't imagine anybody feeling it was flippant as a whole. There are certain episodes that are a little bit lighter than others um 
you know, the Thou Shall Not Bear False Witness episode is just kind of a standard sitcom setup where he can't lie and it causes a lot of problems in his life and coworkers and marriage and et cetera. And he doesn't realize how much he's lying every day. Those are kind of lighter episodes, but we also go into very serious issues in very serious ways. I think the sixth or seventh episode is called let us pray. And it's about, you know, does prayer work? Does it matter that if prayer works, um, you know, it really goes into a lot of questions about prayer. What, 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 what should we, what should we say when God does not answer our prayers? You know, how should we interpret that? Um, that's a much more serious episode. And there's a few like that. Um, we did an episode about honor thy father. How do you honor thy father? If your father is a jerk and chip really learns about forgiveness and, and putting aside differences with his dad, you know, it's a, it's a very serious portrayal with jokes, of course, Mm-hmm. of, you know, how to really honor honor your father if you, if you don't have the best home life. Um, so, I, you know, I, I hope they don't think it's flippant. I, we, we do really go into some more serious issues as well. That's great. And I want to talk to you some more about that prayer aspect after the break. After the break, we're going to sure. talk some more with Patrick Walsh about the new TV show on CBS, Living Biblically. This is Chris Gunty, and you're listening to Catholic Baltimore. You're invited to attend a special interfaith prayer service commemorating the 50th anniversary of the assassination of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. on Thursday, April 12th at the Cathedral of Mary Our Queen on North Charles Street in the Homeland community of North Baltimore. All are welcome as people of all faiths will join together to remember Dr. King's legacy and to pray for peace in our city. To learn more, visit archbalt.org. Catholic news from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. Archbishop Christophe Pierre, Apostolic Nuncio to the United States, challenged an audience of seminarians, faculty, and staff at Mount St. Mary's Seminary to see future priests not as functionaries of the sacred or managers of a business, but as compassionate pastors and missionaries who joyfully announce the gospel. The future priest must have the ability to see where mercy is needed and the healthy zeal to make himself readily available to apply the healing balm of God's mercy with the love of a genuine father and pastor, Archbishop Pierre said in a March 8th address to approximately 200 people. The church needs a new missionary spirit, he insisted, one that encounters and engages an increasingly secularized world. Priests must be fundamentally trained to be heralds of the good news, he said. Read more about Archbishop Pierre's visit to Emmitsburg at catholicreview.org. Also at catholicreview.org, Pope Francis told some 300 young adults that the Catholic Church needs the enthusiasm, daring, and hope of young people so that it can preach the gospel energetically and respond to the questions men and women raise today. We need to rediscover in the Lord the strength to get up after failure, to move forward, to strengthen hope for the future, the Pope said March 19th, opening a week-long meeting in preparation for October's Synod of Bishops. Most of the young people gathered with the Pope were chosen as delegates by their national bishops' conferences. Others represented a variety of Catholic movements or ministries, including religious life. Also invited were delegates from other Christian churches, other religions, including Islam, and young people who described themselves as non-believers. Read this story and many more at catholicreview.org. From the newsroom of the Catholic Review, this is Emily Rosenthal. 
Do you want to know more about what's going on in the church and the world than you can get from your daily newspaper or local TV? Read the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the church full-time, The Catholic Review. Pick up the print magazine monthly at your parish or have The Catholic Review delivered to your home every month. You can get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. Subscribe to the Catholic Review e-newsletter for twice-a-week updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Find our app on Apple and Android. And follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Wherever your faith takes you, Catholic Review Media is ready to inspire, teach, inform, and engage. Read it today in print and online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. You are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. We're back on Catholic Baltimore talking with Patrick Walsh, executive producer and showrunner of the new TV show on CBS, Living Biblically. You'll be able to see that Mondays at 9.30 Eastern Time. Uh, this is about a newspaper film reviewer who decides to live his life 100% according to the Bible. We talked, you talked a little bit right before the break about an episode coming up on prayer, but even in the episodes that I've seen, the early episodes, there's a lot of praying, whether it's, you know, grace before meals or whether it's, whether it's he, he's praying for his ill mother-in-law. There's a lot of praying in this show, and I, I don't think I've seen another show regularly portraying people praying other than Blue Bloods. Uh, where the Reagan family prays around the Sunday dinner table uh, every week. Is it odd to show people praying, whether it's you know, a blessing or praying for somebody who's sick? Is it, is it kind of tough to do that on TV? I wouldn't say it was tough to do it. I, I felt that, that was a show where we do it with a live audience, and it would get very quiet uh, when, when prayer was happening. I think people were kind of uh, taken aback, because you don't see it on TV, that you're absolutely right. And Chip is having a lot of conversations with, with God and, and trying to figure it all out. So he does talk to God. And I think I, I would say it might even be out of, out of respect and, and people know to get quiet during a prayer. But, um, it was a really interesting thing that happened. The, the whole, it, you know, we had 200 people in the audience and it would get really quiet. Um, but that episode is really about praying as an adult, you know, Chip has, been a lapsed Catholic. He hasn't uh, prayed in 20 years. So he go, approaches this all wrong. He's talking all about the mechanics. You know, he asked the guys, mm-hmm. what, should I kneel? Should I stand? Uh, should I say it out loud? Should I think it to myself? You know, how does God know which thoughts I want him to listen to, which thoughts I don't, etc. And they keep telling him, Chip, you're getting bogged down in the mechanics. You know, you have to feel it. You'll know it when you feel it. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't say it was difficult to do it, but it is you, you feel a little more exposed, I guess, with that kind of material than your standard sitcom because it is a very personal matter how 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 one prays. But the audience really was into it. I think they, I think people will appreciate, and they did appreciate during our live tapings anyway, just seeing these issues discussed on television, seeing a show that's tackling something other than you know I, I have a a big date this Friday night or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I hope it inspires discussion amongst people, amongst families, and, um, you know, or at the sermon or the homily or whatever. I think this would be a great show to kind of talk about the Bible with people because it's about the only place you'll see it discussed on TV right now. I, I hope there's more of it, but, yeah, yeah we're trying a, something new. 
There was a joke, uh, Jay Leno made the joke many, many years ago when the, the Disney movie Prince of Egypt came out, and he said, this movie took 10 years to make because it took them nine years to find a Bible in Hollywood. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's very true. So, so you talk about the live audiences there. Have you had people of faith, uh, religious men and women, priests, nuns, rabbis, have you had people like that in the audience? And if so, what's, what's their reaction been? We have. I mean, our our priest and rabbi have come to tapings of the show, and we have church groups. Um, mm-hmm. Not exclusively, though. It's it's usually um, a, a pretty even split. But the reaction. I mean, for me, the the biggest help of doing a show with a live audience, especially a comedy, is you can you can read them and you can find out immediately, as opposed to waiting nine months for editing and all that. You find out right away if jokes are working. If people are interested in the material, if people, you know, think you could even go deeper into the material, I think a, a few of the earliest episodes of the show um, are are treating the Bible on kind of a, a more superficial level. He's trying to figure out the mechanics of it. But when we saw how great the response was, and people really, you could just feel the audience really wanted you to dig more into these uh, more meaty and weighty issues, and we do as the, as the thirteen episodes go on. I think they get a lot more uh, deeper and probing into these subjects. So I, I really got a kick out of the reactions. You, you, you do sort of sense that people are hesitant, that they're expecting the worst with a show like this if they're religious because their, their fear is they're going to be made fun of. But at least from our live audiences, all the feedback we got was, was very positive and people felt heard and, and represented on television as opposed to being mocked, which that, that is not the show at all. It's, I think it's a very welcoming show to people of all faiths and people to no faith at all. It's, it's just a welcoming show that discusses these issues and hopefully facilitates some discussion in real life as well. There's a creative tension in the show between faith and science in, in living biblically. At one point, Chip's wife, uh, Leslie, says, I work in medicine. Faith isn't easy when you see the things I see. Um, her mom is an astrophysicist who's an atheist. Do you see faith and science as mutually exclusive, or can they get along? I think they can absolutely get along, and that's that's really uh, a big theme of that episode when he's talking to his atheist mother-in-law, played by Joe Beth Williams. She keeps challenging him, and she's doing what I think a lot of people do in these kind of debates, and I, it's always such a shame to me. It's such a bad way of going about having a conversation. You know, She's trying to bait him, and she keeps mm-hmm. saying, like, well, what about this, and what about that? Um, and she's not an evil person by any means, but she just can't wrap her mind around faith in a world of science. She's a scientist, and Chip's telling her, I believe in science. I also have faith. I don't find the two mutually exclusive. So you know, they they really come to a, a place of understanding by the end of that episode that I think feels very realistic in that. And very sweet. And and that was very yeah. was a very sweet moment, too. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I mean, she, she doesn't want to, she doesn't change, you know. He, she doesn't just uh, flip and decide now she's going to be religious as well. And Chip doesn't flip either and say, you know what, you're right, I'm going to give up on my faith. But they hear each other. It does get tense, as these conversations often do. But... In the end, you know, they, they walk away having having really hurt each other. And that's that's the kind of example we want to set with this show, especially at a time in America when everybody is just covering their ears and yelling their opinion. You know, there seems to be a lot less listening going on than there used to be. So the, the show is trying to encourage that for sure. 
is there room for a conversation in America today for for Bible-based living? I mean, is, can we talk about that? Jacob's book that this is based on was nonfiction because he actually yes. tried to live this out. But can we even talk about that these days? Well, I think it can be talked about, sure. And, and I know some, you know, really strive to do that. I think, for me, it seems impossible for our for our priest. He, he agreed, and the rabbi said, you know, pretty much the same thing. It seems largely impossible to, to try to do. Um, however, and I think this is the real underlying theme of the show is if you, whether you're a person of faith or not, if you look at the Bible as a general guide for how to live your life, to be a kind person, a forgiving person, a person who doesn't lie or steal or covet or commit adultery, it's hard to argue that, that as a, as a way to live your life. So I think, um, you know, tuning in more to the spirit than the letter, people get so worked up over, you know, well, in this translation, it says this, and this means this. And, and that's, I find those conversations fascinating, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But um, at the end of the day, I think there, there would be a lot more benefit from, from going by the spirit as opposed to the letter with the Bible. If you ask me, that's not what Chip, sa- Chip says. The character, um, he's all in and doing it 100%. And we see how that can be good and also can be troublesome, can be problematic. But... Um, yeah, I, I think you'd have you really have your work cut out for you if you wanted to try to live by the Bible in, in 2018, 100% yeah. anyway. Yeah, and it's nice. Father Gene uses a, an expression, and I've seen it on posters in churches and, and youth rooms and things like that over the years, but he says he tells his, his young people that the Bible is basic instructions before leaving Earth. And yes. it sounds like that's what he's trying to, to also tell Chip, that you can live this in a way that is not is not completely by the book. Uh, he talked about some contradictions, you know, within the Bible. But it sounds like he's saying we can all live better, we can make ourselves better people out of this. So it'll be interesting to see how you develop those characters as the as the series goes on. Yeah, and I, I hope it goes on and on. We've got 13 for now, and uh, we will see about a season two. But we've got so many ideas, and it was just such a fun and really fascinating show to write. We had the best discussions in the writer's room, and I think a lot of that got onto the screen. That sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you so much for being here today. We've been talking with Patrick Walsh, executive producer and showrunner of the new TV show on CBS, Living Biblically, which airs on Monday nights at 9.30 here in our area. Thanks so much for being with us today, Patrick. Thank you very much. Have a good one. Thanks. Take care. This is Christopher Gunty of the Catholic Review, and you've been listening to Catholic Baltimore. In the days leading up to Easter, Catholics throughout the Archdiocese of Baltimore will have the opportunity to participate in special Holy Week liturgies that celebrate the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. On Monday, March 26, Archbishop William E. Lurie will celebrate the annual Chrism Mass at the Cathedral of Mary Our Queen in Homeland, beginning at 7.30 p.m. During the liturgy, priests from throughout the Archdiocese will publicly renew their vows. The Archbishop will celebrate Holy Thursday Mass on March 29th at 7.30 p.m. at the Cathedral of Mary Our Queen in Homeland. Many parishes will offer Stations of the Cross on Good Friday, March 30th. At the National Shrine of St. Alphonsus Liguori in downtown Baltimore, Archbishop Lurie will lead the Stations of the Cross during an 8 a.m. walk to a Planned Parenthood facility on Howard Street, where participants will pray the rosary for the unborn. 
That afternoon, the Archbishop will participate in a 3 p.m. service at the Cathedral of Mary Our Queen commemorating the Passion and Death of Christ. The Archbishop will celebrate the 8 p.m. Easter Vigil Mass on March 31st at the Cathedral and an Easter Sunday Mass on April 1st at 10.45 a.m. at the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary in Baltimore. For Holy Week activities at your parish, visit archbalt.org or contact your parish. Child abuse is not only a crime, it's also a sin. The Archdiocese of Baltimore has long made the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through rigorous training and background checks and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese's efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org. Life can be hard, and at times we feel overwhelmed and alone. When faced with problems, know that there is a group of Catholics who are part of the prayer ministry of the Archdiocese of Baltimore, waiting to lift you and your needs to God in prayer. This ministry is comprised of men and women, young and old, religious and lay, from every ethnic and cultural background. They pray as individuals and in groups, in homes and meeting spaces throughout Baltimore. Like you, they are people who have suffered the same hurts, fears, pains, sickness, loss, and everyday burdens. Learn more about this ministry by visiting our website at www.archbalt.org. If you are in need of prayer, send your prayer request to prayers at archbalt.org or by phone to 410-547-5517. Would you like to volunteer to be a part of the ministry? Prayer ministers are always needed. Please call or email our coordinator who would be happy to speak with you. The Archdiocese of Baltimore invites you to attend a Mass this Easter season at a Catholic church in your area with moving liturgies featuring inspiring music. Holy Week and Easter are perfect times to renew your faith, to return to church if you've been away, or to simply be among others in prayer and reflection during this holy season. For a list of church locations and Mass times, please visit www.archbalt.org. May you have a safe and blessed Easter season. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Baltimore. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May God bless us and keep us always in his love.